forever. Dog. Welcome to another episode of Best Show Bests, the greatest hits of the best show, with me, your host, Tom Sharpling. If you like what you hear, make sure you join us every Tuesday night on Twitch at 6 p.m. Pacific for a brand new episode of The Best Show featuring callers, celebrity guests, live music, and plenty of surprises. Enjoy! Now I'm going to go to the phones. I'm being told that on the hotline right now, we have a famous guest is on the hotline. Not the usual riffraff that calls this show. Actual, honest-to-goodness guest. We have, uh, is this Molly Shannon? Yes, is this Tom? It is. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me all right? I can. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Oh, well, thank you for, for, thank you for calling. I appreciate it so much. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I'm an enormous fan of yours. Oh, thank you. You're the greatest. That just goes with that. I'm just going to just gonna put that out in the front of this thing. You can just know thank that. You. Wow, thank you so much. That's so nice. That's in the bank. You can take that. <laughs> so you, Molly Shannon, have done so many things. And I guess I, I want to tell everybody that you have the movie coming out in... Uh, it's going to be at the Montclair Film Festival on May 9th. It will be at the Montclair Film yeah. May 8th. Oh, oh, uh oh. May 8th. Friday, May 8th. Wait, isn't it? Yeah, this Saturday. Yes. Well, it's this Friday. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I got it, it wrong. Friday? You're right. No. Oh, no. See, I'm getting it yeah. all wrong. It is the 9th. May 9th, yeah. Saturday, May 9th. Your movie, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, appears at the Montclair Film Festival. And mm -hmm. people in New Jersey can find out about that by going to MontclairFilmFest.org. Yep. So this I was going to try to come. I was going to try to come in for it, but my daughter has a piano recital in Los Angeles, so I, I unfortunately cannot make it. But I was going to try to fly in for it. Well, I guess that uh, I don't know. Maybe people you can send a, a cutout, a cardboard cutout, like a standee, like a. <laughs> A theater, like a lobby thing that you see? like Yeah, maybe I should do that. But I, but I think that the director is going to be there, and I think that Thomas Mann is going to be there, and I believe Jesse – well, I, should, I shouldn't say, but there's going to be quite a few people that will be at the screening. Okay, so it's worth going if you're in the area. You should see the movie. And the movie yeah. got uh, had a great uh, response at Sundance. It did, right? yes. It, it won the grand jury prize. Were you there for that? I was. It was so exciting because we really did not know that that was going to happen. And it just played so beautifully. People really responded to it. And um, so we were all so excited. That's awesome. And you see everybody, because uh, it's like you do things in a vacuum so much of the time. And then yeah. to actually get the response right in front of you. That's crazy. It was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. It really was amazing, and it played. It played in this giant theater in Sundance, so that it was it was packed, and it was just. I think it was so exciting. And um, the director Alfonso had asked me if I wanted to see the movie beforehand in a small screening room in L.A., and I, I I was so happy that I had told him that I wanted to wait and just see it for the first time at Sundance in front of the big audience. So it was so. It was just so thrilling. Oh, that's awesome! So you you saw. You experienced it as the audience experienced it. 
I did, yes. That's fantastic. And I sat next to Olivia, who plays um, Rachel. She's the, one of the leads of the movie with Thomas Mann and RJ. And um, it was just, it was so great sitting next to her because I play her mother in the movie. And um, it was just uh, like a really special experience. I, I love the movie. I think it came out great. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, congratulations on all of it. And if you're not in, if you're not able to see uh, the, the screening at the Montclair Film Festival, it it opens in June, I believe. Is that is that correct? Yes, that is correct. I think it opens first in L.A. and New York, mm-hmm. and then it rolls out into all the other cities. So it opens in um, yeah in June on I think June twelfth in L.A. and New York, and then and then it'll roll out to all the other cities after that. Mm-hmm. Now, when you do a movie that and this is a, a, a this is a drama. This is I'm, I, I'm it, look it's it, I did not get a chance to see it yet. I'm sorry, but oh, that's okay. Well, it's not okay, but we'll accept it. But yeah. it's when you're doing something that has the like super sad things in it. What, how do you? What is it like to stay in that headspace where you know you're going to work and it's like, well, I'm going to be doing sad stuff all day. <laughs> well, there was a scene where, um, yeah, there was. It, sometimes it's not all day, but it is kind of hard. And as a matter of fact, Jesse Andrews, the writer of the of the of the novel and the writer of the movie, his mother, um, she's not an actress. She just wanted to be in one of the scenes, and she said, "Oh my gosh, I have so much respect for actors." She goes, "I can't believe how many times you have to do these kind of emotional takes over and over and over and over again, and stay in kind of a sad place for you know many hours." So she really had no idea. So, yeah, it is kind of hard, but I just try to think about the character and not think about myself too much and, and just try to really just be in the moment of the, of the character that I'm playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can kind of, yeah. do, do you have to like dole your, your emotions out a little? Because you have to do a scene, you're doing a thing 15 times to get all the, all the coverage and- on it. So Exactly. It's a, it's a good question. Because, like, for example, I just worked with this director – who um, we had a really big emotional scene, and I said, you know, I can't break down sobbing. I can't do that too many times in a row. So let me know, you know, when you're doing, like, the master, if you don't really need that much crying, versus when you're really coming in for the close-up and when you need it, so that I can kind of know, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do I can do it maybe twice or, yeah. you know, but I can't do it five times in a row. There's no way. So I think... Um, it's great when you can kind of teach the directors if it's their first or second movie just to kind of, not Alfonso, but some other people, you know, to kind of teach them if they've never done it before of how to work with actors and how to not, how to get the most out of the actors if it's an emotional scene. Yeah, that you just can't keep. You're not a, uh, this is not like a tic-tac-toe chicken or something like that where you keep (laughs) putting the, the pellets in and it just dances all day. Exactly. I'm not an emotional machine, my God. But I'll try to give it to you if you let me know when you're on my close-up. I'll get ready and know. Okay, I got to give it. I've got to give it at this moment, which is technical and it's hard because you have to pull yourself into this sad state. And you know, it's like I use all the stuff that I I learned at NYU drama school. Mm-hmm. Do that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Will yeah. Chamber Will Chamberlain used to have a thing when he would say to the coach because the coach he was like famous for not being a great practice player, like he. And the coach would be like, why don't you try and practice? Like he would show up like eating a sandwich to practice. And then he said yeah. he would say to the coach, look, you get it from me one time. Do you want it in practice 
or do you want it in the game? You tell me which one time you want it. I will give it to you either. <laughs> that the, is, yeah, either this afternoon. That's so good. Or when everybody is in the arena. You, your choice. That is hysterical. He had very good, uh, like basketball boundaries. Yes. Well, I, it's also. I would say now you it, that would be hard to picture a guy saying that now. I think that was like those old sports days where dudes looked like they uh they looked like mechanics half the time, like they were like not in particularly good shape, but they were athletes. Oh, that's funny. Oh, so, that's funny. So you talking about you doing things over and over, it's funny because you also on you did the opposite of it on SNL where it's like you have one shot at a thing. So it's the exact opposite skill set. Exactly. Yeah, that is different because you get you're doing live comedy and um, you just have that one chance to do it like five, four, three, two, boom. Mm -hmm. And you know it's it's a very different type of performing. It's like it's exhilarating. It makes your heart pound. And I would get nervous every single time, but it's also like the most thrilling. Mm -hmm. I would think it's like the equivalent of like doing like a, a, like a physical risk, like climbing a mountain or it's, it's that type of adrenaline rush. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it couldn't be more different than doing movies, but um, they're both. Yeah, I, I, but I love the live performance, too. I really miss doing a variety show. It, it's really the, there's nothing like it. Yeah. How do you get that energy? Like, because I would be like clawing my eyes out with having to swallow that much energy and then you have to like, how, how do you get yourself to that state where you can just be and pace yourself? Is that just, is that just practice gets you there? Cause it's no, not really. I mean, cause I don't even think practice, you know, does anything. It never makes that kind of that, 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 that fear go away. I, I mean, personally, I don't think like, even if I do talk shows or whatever, I always get like my heart starts pounding and I always feel kind of nervous, but I think it's just because I'm, you know, passionate about my work and I want to, you know, make people happy or entertain people or please people. So I never really get rid of that feeling. No matter how much you practice, I still feel that nervousness for live performance, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I mean, don't, do you feel that way doing, um, your show, like, do you get do you get nervous? Is it different doing a podcast versus live performing? Do, do you feel that way well, I like, before, before you start a show? I like do. That's what I like about this show. Is this is like we don't pre-record this. This is happening now. This is a live show, and we have live phones and everything coming in. We built a radio studio here so that the show is. It's like the live thing, and it's not pre-recorded. So yeah, we're in the moment now. That's amazing. I like now it. I'm getting really nervous. Oh, stop. You are not getting nervous. There's you it's it's me and it's this guy Mike who screens calls for me who you got to see this guy. You know what? I don't even want to tell you about this guy. He's out there. I, he makes me bring him Coors Light to do the show. <laughs> I and, love it. And I hear oh the crack God, of the can. Terrible. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them.
So isn't yeah. it funny about SNL, Molly Shannon, that it's like there's this strange nostalgia that goes on with it where everybody's always like, like they always say, oh, I wish the show, remember how great it was five years ago when these people were on it? And then it like happens every time. Then, then five years later, they're nostalgic for the people who happened five years. You know what I mean? Like it always, exactly. everybody's got this thing where they're just like, oh man, what happened to the good old days when Will Forte was on the show and all these people like, no, but you guys were complaining about that when he was on, you were saying what happened in the good old days when Molly Shannon was on the show. And it's so, but it's Aww. like, it is, it is the, the culture of SNL, I think, is something that is eternally fascinating because you have to go do this thing. Like, you, there's actually, it's not a concept when you're working there. You actually have to make the show. But for people at home, it's this larger, it's this larger thing that embodies just, you know, decades of, of, of memories and work and all their favorite things. All in one thing, but yeah. you actually have to build another brick on that every week. Yeah, but it's, it, it is so interesting what you're saying because people do always say that they're like, "Oh, I liked it better then." And so I really can't imagine what Lauren Michaels must think because he's been around for almost the whole time. I mean, he did have a little period where he wasn't there, but I think he just knows how it goes through cycles and it has its ups and down periods because he's seen it the whole time. So. Yeah and lived it and seen all these different casts and lived through it. So I, I would be curious what his theory is about that. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think people just like, like to laugh and they want to feel good. And so they, they really care about comedy and it's, it's, it's just like a sweet feeling if they do get mad or don't like it or miss old performers. It's like, they feel like a sense of ownership, I think. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Ultimately it, it's worked its way into people's lives at to such a deep level that they, yeah. there's some proprietary quality to it where they're like this is my saturday night live or those guys yeah. were that was my cast and then but they always modify it everybody ends up loving all the casts and then except for but then they feel like when well, i watch it what happened to the good old days it's like oh People got people got to click it down a couple notches, I guess. That is so funny. And meanwhile, when we first started, like I remember Will Ferrell and me and Sherry O'Terry, I remember the the critics were so hard on this. They were they were really hard, and we did not get good reviews. And I remember thinking, huh. I remember Will Ferrell in Entertainment Weekly was voted voted least favorite newcomer, worst newcomer, and he hung the review up on his door. So people were really very hard on us, and I I thought and that. I remember thinking, oh, God, I don't agree with this at all. I think these people are so good and mm-hmm. funny. And I felt like the press hadn't kind of caught up to our group because I felt like we were going to really do a great job, you know? Yeah, but it's a matter of it's a matter of waiting for people to catch up sometimes to what you're doing. And then they need to they need to understand it. And like per- comic personas are hard to instantly relate to, especially really kind of strong ones. It's hard because. It's because once they're in, once you're on the, their side, you're all the way in with them. But I feel like it's kind of maybe it's a testament to to just to to what it takes to to break through to 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 get all the way into somebody's uh, heart. That that they yeah. don't, you know, if you're if you're wishy washy, people can understand that within the first couple seconds. But it's hard. It's hard to want to like. 
I remember the because the, you came in during a transitional stretch. Like you came in halfway through a season, right? I did. I came in. I started with the old group. Like I started with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and um, Tim Meadows, Chris Elliott. Um, Mark McKinney it was like a completely different group mm-hmm. and then that group many of them left except for like me Norm MacDonald David Spade Tim Meadows there was like a handful of us that left but Farley Sandler they all left So and Mike Meyer so so I really saw the two different groups oh I'm so sorry let me just turn that off so basically yeah so it was really interesting to kind of have that experience of the two different casts because mm-hmm. there yeah. was because you're watching that kind of rebuilding go on a little bit like that exactly i really was yeah because at the time that i came on there was this big article that had come out it was on the cover of new york um, magazine this reporter had done a story on the show and i think I, i'm not sure but i think lauren thought he was like a friend of the show's and then he did this scathing you know article on saturday night live and they set chris farley up and they did a photo shoot with him and they used like a a photo of chris farley with a tv on his head and the and the it was the cover of the magazine and it said Saturday night dead mm-hmm. and it was just terrible. And Lauren was really, you know, obviously upset. And, um, so that's when I started, it was like the old regime with the, with the new regime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you did, you had so many awesome characters, obviously, no, we don't even need to say that, but one thing I've always wanted to ask you, you know, the, the joyologist character, right. Is there, yeah. Is there yeah. an Anne Margaret component to that voice? That's so funny. No, I, I never really. No, I do love Anne Margaret, but there there really wasn't. It's basically like um, a female version of my father. My father was he would get uh, he would get really excited and and happy about things, kind of a little manicky, like oh Molly. So it's and then he could also get very <laughs> down and depressed. He would kind of have the two moods. So it's a little bit of me imitating my dad in a slightly manic state. But I did the character, but I did it as a woman. Okay. Yeah. And then it's also like based on um, uh, a woman. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, kind of my dad. Yeah, my dad in a very like feeling like overjoyed about life. Uh huh. Dad on yeah. the upswing. Yeah. Yeah, dad on the upswing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have Molly Shannon for a, a couple more minutes, and we'll let you get back to your busy night. And... Oh, please! I'm having fun. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> when you so you went to you said you went to you went to NYU Drama School. I did, yes, uh huh. And um, I I lived in New York City, and my sister, as a matter of fact, used to live in Summit, so I know Summit, New Jersey, really well. I was I was always visiting it. So pretty there. I love it. Oh, I, I worked in Summit for so much of my life. I worked in Summit. You, you, you did. Did you work at a music store? Yeah, I did actually. I, who, did somebody did they tell sell me? instruments or just sheet music? Oh, they sold sheet music and instruments. Why, who told that's you this? That's so cool. Did somebody tell you well, that? I don't know. I did my research. Oh, no. That's horrifying. <laughs> I feel like the spotlight has shifted. Over to me now. You're, you're. Oh no! Yes, I did. I so I paths may have crossed in Summit, New Jersey, because I was there a lot. So mm-hmm. I, I'm like, kind of think if I ever came into your store. So wait, oh. when did you work there? During what? What? What year? I worked there for a long time, and and then there was a point where I said, 
I'm never going back to Summit, New Jersey ever again. I've been here for, I was there for all of the 90s probably. And then I was like, wow. as a kid working there and, and into my 20s and then I'm like, I'm never going back. I'm done with Summit. And then I started writing on a, a TV show, uh, the show Monk. And then that was. Yeah, oh, it's a great show. Well, thank you. I was there for the, we, yeah. we, I wrote on it for the run. And then it was like, well, the offices are going to be in Summit, New Jersey. Is where, because the guy who created the show, Andy Breckman, uh, lived in the area and wanted to, to do it there. So I was back in Summit for another, for eight years I was back again. So. Oh my God! And Andy is a Saturday Night Live writer. Yes, Andy was on uh, SNL in the '80s, so he was he was there for a lot of the. He saw a lot of transition, also. So yeah, I worked that with Andy so, for years. That is so good. So it's so interesting. Yeah. Well, that is so cool. People people love that show. Did you have fun writing on Monk? Yeah, I did. It was it was. Uh, I I learned a million things working on it, and when you work on something for for a long time, you get to it's it's interesting to see the the shape of something year after year, and and what it takes to keep a thing going, and 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 trying to yeah. keep injecting uh, energy and things into it. And I mean, how many years were you on SNL? Total? I did it for um, I did it for six seasons, and okay. yeah, I feel the same way. Like I. I really had fun, but by the time I left, I was really ready to just pass the baton to other comedians. And I feel like, yeah, you get, I, I, I wanted to leave on a good note when I was still really enjoying it and feeling like I was coming up with stuff. I didn't want to overstay my welcome. Mm -hmm. So, so six seasons seemed pretty good. Yeah. Six is, that's a, that's a, cause you make your mark and then you yeah. say goodbye. And I remember you did schools out on your final episode. Right? Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yes. I remember that. That's so sweet. Yeah, my friend Scott Wainio wrote that, and uh, it was just so fun to do that. God, that's so sweet. Nobody has ever brought that up. Well. So thank you, Tom. Of course. I'm so impressed that you remember that. I pay attention to these. I wasn't kidding oh, when I said I'm a fan. I'm Oh, my God. And wait, I wanted to say one thing. You know, our producer, Nora Skinner, is from Montclair, New Jersey. So she'll be at the, she will be at the big screening on Saturday, too, and she's the best. Okay. So every, if you are in yeah. New Jersey, you really should go on uh, Saturday the 9th to, uh, to see the screening of uh, me and Earl and the Dying Girl at the Montclair Film Festival. Um, uh, yeah, I would definitely go, Tom, if I were in town if it wasn't for this piano recital <laughs> exactly if it wasn't for that i would be there you're just going to be staring at that piano saying if only <laughs> it wasn't for that i'd be in montclair right now well <laughs> it's, it's true well molly shannon i'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions and then i will uh, uh let you get on with with your night. Um, okay. Let's see here. What is the dumbest purchase you've ever made? The dumbest purchase. Ooh, this is fun. Um, okay, I have to think really fast. Rapid fire. Um, dumbest purchase I've ever made. Um, shoot. Hold on. Can we go back to that one? I didn't think of something okay. off the top of my head. All right. Okay. Let's see. Uh, boo, 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 boo. Who doesn't get their just desserts? 
Who doesn't get their just desserts? What does that mean? What do you mean? Who's not getting, who doesn't get the acclaim they deserve? Oh, I thought you said who doesn't get just dessert. Oh. <laughs> like, what is that? Who doesn't no. get the acclaim they deserve? Um, let me think here. Um, uh, oh, you know what? I really love the kid in Whiplash. I felt like. He should have been nominated for an Oscar, too, so that kind of bothered me. Miles Teller, I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, of course I love the guy who won, but I was like, Miles Teller was just as good, and I felt like he should have been nominated, too. So I, I didn't like that. I felt okay. When I saw the movie, I was like, yeah. All right, Miles Teller. Now, another question. Yeah. Let's see here. What's the most embarrassing thing you've said to a celebrity? Um, I saw Kathy Bates at a Starbucks, and I thought, I was like, oh, I recognize her not realizing it was Kathy Bates, and I thought she was my friend. I was like, hey, and I went up and gave her a hug, and then I realized, oh, my God, this is Kathy Bates, and I think I know her. And you know, you would think, <laughs> because I'm an actress, that I would know that, because that happens to me with strangers, where people think they've gone to school with me, or they think they're friends with me, and then they're like, oh, that's right, it's Molly Shannon. So mm-hmm. that was very embarrassing. Yeah, you just couldn't help yourself. And that does not yeah. give anyone permission. That is a lesson to everybody. Don't just, you can't just hug people just because you've seen them on your television. Just No, you, but people do do that. For some reason, there's a thing where they, because they see you in their living room, they want to give you a hug. It's more intimate than the movies if you're on TV. Mm-hmm. People really feel like they know you, I think, because you're in their living room. Sure, because you've invited yeah. them into your house. Exactly, yeah. All right, another question. Enough with this nerd stuff, right? No, I like all these questions. Oh, no, no, enough with nerd stuff in general. Like, you know, every every movie's like a nerd movie now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, enough like, with... Like the animation. Enough with it, yeah, enough yeah. with it. <laughs> exactly, thank you. Yes. Enough with the nerd stuff. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Tom. Come on, I'm not the one greenlighting these things. Don't yell at me. What, Thank God. What's the longest you've yeah. ever gone without sleeping? Um, not long. Just a, a, a one night, I would say. Okay. And I had, I had a, ahead, I, I panic sometimes when I, when I have to wake up early for movies. So there was, I was doing the music man with Matthew Broderick and I had a 5 a.m. pickup. This driver was going to pick me up to go work for the day. And I kept looking at my clock and it was like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And I never fell asleep. And then 5 a.m., the phone rang, and I was like, oh, I saw the sun coming up. And, but I got over my fear of, of uh, not sleeping at all because I realized, oh, you could go perform and work for the whole day, and it doesn't matter if you haven't slept. I felt completely fine. So now I don't worry if I don't get any sleep. And, I, and if I only get an hour, I don't worry. I never take sleeping pills. I just, I just go to work on no sleep, and I'm totally fine. Yeah, good. That's the healthy way yeah. to do it. Yeah, it got me over my fear. You can still function on no sleep, as long as it's not a couple days in a row. But one day, no problem. Okay. Now let's go back to yeah. that final question. What was the one that you didn't know the answer to? The worst purchase. Yeah, that's right. The, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say, um, okay, let me think here. The worst purchase. I'm going to say, um, um, God, that is so hard. I don't buy that much you know what? I, I just in general, I buy clothes a lot online and it mm-hmm. never works. They, they, it's never the same. So just in general, I stopped doing that. So most of the clothing that I bought online, I always have to mail back. So I spent, I wasted a lot of money doing that. Okay. That's a, even yeah. that's a sensible 
answer. It's yeah. not like you bought yeah. a statue of yourself or anything. Nothing, no, nothing like that. Yeah, nothing troubling. <laughs> that would be the most no, troubling no. purchase. Well, yes. one final question is what is the most popular movie that you've never seen? Um, I've never seen Apocalypse Now. Okay, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. I know. I would like to see it, and All I'd like right. to see the making of it. But, that, um, that, the Hearts that, of Darkness. Um, yeah, I would love to see that, too. So that's a big popular one I've never seen. All right, that's a, that's a great answer. Yeah. Thank yeah. Molly Shannon. Thank you so much. I'm such a big fan of yours, and I appreciate you taking the time to call in and talk about all these things. And congratulations on all the success of the movie. And people can see me and Earl and the Dying Girl in June when it starts rolling out in theaters. But if you're in New Jersey, go to the Montclair Film Festival this Saturday, May 9th. And there'll be all sorts of people from the movie on hand. And you can find out about that over at MontclairFilmFest.org. Thank you so much, Molly. I appreciate it. Tom, thank it. you so much. You're so generous and you're a gentleman and you're awfully funny and sweet. And I want to say, Mike, enjoy your beer. And it was a pleasure oh, to your show. That's going to make him. I'm going to, he's going to, that he'll be, he'll be rubbing that in my face for another, a year now. That you told him to enjoy his beer. All right. Thank you so much, Molly. Okay, good. Take care. Okay, bye, Tom. All right, bye. How do you like that, Mike? She's, that was awesome. How nice is... What's that? Yeah, you got a sound bite. I'm deleting it, though, unfortunately. Not saving that. Someone, studio, delete that. Pull that out. That'll be our Nixon tapes. Where'd the where'd the fifteen seconds go? Of Mike getting complimented by Molly Shannon. That's a great. She seems like the nicest person ever. Mike's now saying how he saw her in a Tower Records. Okay. Tower. Yeah, oh you oh you oh well that's what a what Mike's Mike let her shop. <laughs> I let her shop. The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The Best Show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Burns. Segment producer, Michael Witz. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.